When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Debbie Downsiders. This is Gianmarco Cerezi. And uh, this episode, a little, little bit of a treat. I recorded an episode at Just for Laughs in Montreal. Uh, Russell Daniels flew all the way out just for the recording. And uh, uh, our guest was a fantastic stand-up comedian, actor, writer, Joel Kim Booster. And normally, here's the deal. We record about one live episode a month. Normally, we just put it on the Patreon. We put out a little excerpt on the main feed here. But when you get Joel, you got you to gotta put it out there. So this is the full thing, our episode with Joel Kim Booster. But, you know, if you want to support the podcast, if you want access to all our old live episodes, uh, uh, we had some great ones, the downside of being a veterinarian, the downside of, of, uh, of uh, being an independent wrestler, and our future live episodes, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash downside. You also get bonus episodes, little special goodies Russell and I are going to do. We got merch that we're working on. I know I've been saying that for a while, but we are working on it. We're, 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 th- we're threading the shirts as, as, as we speak, as I speak. And, uh, and you also can watch my, my uh, comedy special, The Rats Are In Me. It was a clean comedy special I recorded for that sweet Christian channel on Sirius XM money. But yeah, enjoy. Link to the Patreon in the comments. If you want to uh, if you want to see me uh, perform, I also there's a link to my uh, email list. You join that and you put in your city or your zip code or whatever and uh, you you can get an email when I'm coming to your city. But otherwise, thank you for listening. Share with your friends. Follow follow tell the guests. When you like a guest, write them. Oh, I loved on the downside when you laughed at Jamarco's joke, that was a great laugh. It, it you know, and it gets them to share it, and then uh, it just spreads the good word, so we can finally get some fucking advertisements. Thank you for listening. This is the downside. Would you please welcome to the stage Joel Kim Booster, Russell Daniels, and John Marco Cerezi. for laughs. Russell, how you doing? Good. Oh, good. Oh, great. Good. Great start. <laughs> we were going to have Russell stage left and we just it all went to chaos the second we came up. But no, you know it's fine. No, no, this is good. This is good. This uh, is good. okay. Hi everyone. How are you doing? So I know, listen, sometimes with live podcast, uh round of applause if you've listened to the downside before. Okay, good. Okay, okay, okay good. Good. Okay. Thank you. I've got I have stickers. I'm supposed to get free stickers. Okay, well, we'll it's in get the hotel to it. room. Yeah. I'm here with Russell. Came all the way from New York City. Yes, just for just for today. Just for today. And uh, your room's across from mine. Yes. So it's it's been loud. Yeah. T- tough getting sleep across <laughs> from Russell. Uh, um, uh, it's true. Yeah, a lot of you're just like come on my stomach. No, no. no. Uh, and we are here with our special guest. Please, big round of applause. Joel can boost everybody. Hello. Thank you for being here. Is, Is it this, on? I. 
I think they're on there, just maybe a little low. But yeah. I think it's not, I thank you. I hear it. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If, as long as you can hear me, that's fine. Yeah. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, amazing. Well, th well thank you. Thank you for coming. We're of very course. happy Thanks to have you. Me. You, you. I did New Faces last year. When did you do New Faces? Oh, God. Why would you do this? I did New Faces when I was, uh, it's 2016. So, uh -huh. very old face now. Um, but, yeah, great memories. Yes. I did, so I did New Faces last year. Pete Holmes was, was hosting it. And I was in the second show. And so the, he comes out, he gave everyone a speech, everyone's nervous, and he was like, you're going to be great, this is a great, everyone's rooting for you. Mm. And then he pulled the second group aside, I was in the second group, he's like, just so you guys know, second show is usually way better. <laughs> and, and we were like, okay, thanks Pete. And uh, he does the first show, it was hot, it, was, yeah. it sounded like a great show. Then they start the second show, Pete does his set, he comes back and he goes, they are tired. <laughs> they are. They are really tired. And uh, thank God. Thank God it went okay. But uh, 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 for those of you who have not listened to The Downside, this is a place where we're, we're allowed to be negative. We don't, have, we don't have to be grateful for being at JFL. We can no. complain that the travel stipend was not enough to get no. here. Not That's what this show is. Worth it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'll get to you in a second. But I wanted to share. I, I, I've, I've been... Uh, some, so, so there's a guy who's, who's, who asked me for feet pics a while ago. <gasps> and uh, for, for money. Yeah. He said he'd give me money. I not assumed. just free. That, I that. assumed, yeah. Uh, and I was like, I, I said, no, that's okay. But I wasn't sure because I don't care about my feet. Right. I wear it. I, I, yeah. I put it on, on Instagram, whatever. But I have a girlfriend now, and it was just like something I wanted to run by. And, and it went away. But then it came back. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I really would like a pedicure. Is so he sending I, you like other messages in between? Like, I like this video, or like, like nice no, complimentary. Great crowd work clip. I'd love those feet pics yeah, again. Okay, okay. No, it was just, just feet. feet stuff. How did I don't he, even know if he knows he, my work. How did he find out about your feet? By the way, like, yeah, was, because on the podcast you usually like sit like Ew. you know like this. Oh, and yeah, 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 what yeah, what yeah. is wrong with feet? I really am. I'm feeling the. I will oh pay God. you to put them away. Honestly. <laughs> Whenever I see those pictures of people complaining, like on the airport, someone has their foot like here. Yeah. I'm always like, "What's That's so you. wrong with that?" That is you, yeah. Um, so, so I decided I was like, "Okay, if I could get enough money, how much to pay for? Uh, uh, I think it's sixty dollars for feed pigs." Hold up, hold up, stop, stop! What, what is it worth? They're worth nothing. I don't know. I'm shocked because uh, I don't even have. I don't have like. I don't know what a sexy foot is to someone who's into feet. But it cannot be my foot. I have nine and a half size. What size are you? I'm feet? a nine. Yeah, yeah. You're a nine. Yeah. You're. I'm fifteen. I can get way so, more but, <laughs> than sixty bucks for my feet. But that's what I don't know. Like I don't know if like in the feet world, it's like, do big feet matter? Yeah. Or is it like know. no? Know. For some, some some people, big feet hurt. No, like I don't know like, the rules. Yeah. <laughs> they like little doll feet sometimes. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. So, so it was like I think sixty, and I, I it wait. It covered he said sixty, or you suggested sixty. He, I think he offered fifty or sixty, and then he's like, "If that's not enough, let me know." And so I decided. And here's an ethical thing. I honestly, I was almost about to lie, but this—that's not this show. I was like, "Should I say it costs more, so I can pay for my girlfriend to get a pedicure too, and then she'll be okay with it?" Oh, yes. Okay, good. I just want to figure out the morality of the room, and now that we've found it, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Okay. So, so yeah, it basically paid, not fully. My girlfriend, she, she says I didn't cover the full. So we, we both got pedicures. And then, then she helped me take the pictures, oh, and wow. she, got, she got into it. 
I mean, like, I, I was like, I just took it, and she was like, no, 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 separate these toes. Flex separate the toes? <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't even know, I didn't even know, like, is it, like, I, I didn't even know the angle. I don't know what it's like. Right. And he was like, he was well, like. you should have asked him. He was like, well, he did. What so, he wanted. So he said, I think he said, like, one, one, one from the top, one from the bottom, <laughs> and then, like, I think I threw in but another one just to be nice. Like I did, I did a little cross one, <laughs> and and then now he wants to buy me sandals too. He said, "Can I buy you sandals?" And I'm just like, "How far? This can't go on forever." Birkenstocks are not cheap. I, I don't I know. Birkenstocks are not it. cheap. You could do way better than whatever this bullshit is on your feet right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you must have your feet must be on that uh, celeb. Yeah, feet I'm pits. on Wiki Feet, and I got to tell you, my score is low. Um, it is like way lower than you would think it is. I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where now I, I almost want to like plant pictures on my Instagram feed so that the rating will go up a little higher. Um, yeah. But uh, I, there are comments. Um, the, the arch is not great. Um, yeah, I just I, I have flat feet. Um, so that and apparently you have great arches. So. I, I guess so. I, I want to talk to... You know what? We do need to have a guest who is in defeat. Because yeah. I have so many... I just... Like, Couldn't is it tor- Could do not you go, be me. Do you yeah. go to the beach and you're, you're hard the whole time? Yeah. Do you... There's a sandal like, oh, you slut. Yeah. Like, oh, just... Oh, it's so close. Do you need to yeah. see the whole feet? Yeah. Is it about the crevices? I, see, what? my thing is, is like, I am... Dis- I'm not even disgusted just by other people's feet. Like, I don't even <laughs> like it when people are into my feet. Like, I had a situation where I was, like, uh, fucking this guy, and he put my foot in his mouth, and I went, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> not that. I don't like this. You did not get permission. <laughs> Consent is cute, you know, and I, uh, I like, I almost shut it all down in that moment. It was really? such a turnoff to me. I was like, well, you can't put your mouth on my mouth now. When I know where it's been, and I know where the feet have been. Sure, so it was really rough. It's probably the dirtiest part of the body. The, the yeah, feet. Yeah, it's gotta be right. Yeah, maybe that's what it. That might be part of it, though. But doesn't it? Do you get your toes sucked? No, not really. No, not. I'm not. I'm. Very, I'm very averse to any of the foot stuff. Um. No. <laughs> sure. No, I believe you. And I'm, no more let me, questions. Let me, let me be clear here. Let me be clear here. I am someone who uses my literal butt for sex, and yeah. I draw the line at feet, okay? Yeah. I, I literally won't do it. It's just, it can't be easy to, to <laughs> give a foot job. It's no. a lot of abs. I feel no. like it would be, I feel like I do this I feel in like yoga you're class. Just doing I this so it. he'll send you more money right now. <laughs> that, um, I bet this is worth like, 200 bucks at least. <laughs> I could um, I could cover the flight here next time. Did he time. respond? Did he say good? I like he, these. He was, he said he said what he wow said. like wow. like I really nailed it. Okay. I mean my girlfriend nailed it. To be fair, she yeah. she got the lighting right. And yeah. and do you think I, he'll come back? Probably right. Oh well, then he said, "What's the sandal size? Let me send you some sandals." Okay, so and you're I think like he'll in send me something nice. Him. You're like doing this, but like, will it be like a sexy sandal? Like a like whatever the equivalent of like a. Nice lingerie yeah. for a sandal, like, like a it thong, will be a see-through sandal, yeah. yeah, an edible sandal. Are you, if people contact you just on like DM you now about your feet, are you gonna continue this with other people or just him? I think it's just a strange. He put in the work, or maybe only fans, honestly. Well, because you don't, because I don't care about my feet, so it feels fine. Like so, I'll do it, but it did feel weird. It felt weird to send. Yeah. But that's, 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 that's. Did it that's feel good, though? Does it feel good that you know someone's jerking off to photos of you right now? I guess, but I'd rather it be m- my body than my feet, you know? Yeah. I haven't put any work into my feet. Sure. I'm not responsible for these at all. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, uh, that, that's my that's my foot yeah. story. I uh, now you know Russell. You mm -hmm. saw Russell in Titanic. I, has anyone in here seen Titanic the musical? Yes. Smattering. Star, 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 uh, star. Thank you, thank you. Literally, um, you. I'm sure you've heard this story. Lauren Michaels saw you and said you are the next Chris Farley. I. Um, oh, I didn't know you would know that. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> we go out for drinks, Lauren and I, all the time. No, no, no. That's like that's the word on the street. That's like the legend of your performance I in Titanic. Very now. kind. Yeah. But um, yeah. uh, but yes. Well, uh, we're gonna miss you when you die, young buddy. I'll tell <laughs> you that right now. <laughs> he's just wildly unhealthy. That's the <laughs> yeah. that's the main thing. Uh, he's just an unhealthy person. That guy has uh, the lifespan. That guy is not gonna live in to his forties. Um, the uh, no, I was gonna say because I remember when you came because it was a big day. Everyone was leaving the show that had been there for a while. And uh, we, as the cast, and I think probably you as the audience, that's what I want to ask you about, uh, we knew that they were going to do something at the end, but we didn't know, I felt like, maybe the audience and ourselves on stage felt a little like hostages, because we finished the show, and then there was like 20 minutes yeah. of like things happening and speeches, and I felt like the audience felt trapped. Did you feel trapped? I did not feel trapped. No, okay, I, enjoyed, okay. I enjoyed it. It felt like, I felt like it was something special that we, like, I was like, oh, I should have paid extra for this set. Oh, okay, okay, okay good. Okay, good. Um, I was concerned. And I it was, like, cool to see Marla and Nicole, like, together. It yes. was like, yeah, it felt very special. Okay, yeah. good. When, when in my college, for the, with, for the theater kids, when they did their last show, yeah. After the bows, the, the seniors come out and they would kiss the floor. They'd kiss the stage. That was the ritual. Mm. Your oh. final show at the University of Miami. Oh, kiss, kiss the floor. You just wasted two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, one last oh. humiliation before you go off. <laughs> wow, senior year ensemble of Rent. Good for you. You were a theater kid. I was a theater kid. I'm recovering, but uh, I was yeah. a theater kid. I, I, I also put myself $100,000 in debt um, to go and get a useless degree. Um, NYU? No, 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 baby. Millican University. Um, mm. Yeah, it is uh, the world. It's in Decatur, Illinois, which is the largest producer of soybeans in the country. Uh -huh. um, and soybean processing, I don't know if any of you are aware of this, smells like dog food being cooked on a stove. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really lovely. Um, but yeah, the original voice of The Little Mermaid went to my school, as well as the woman who played The Little Mermaid on Broadway. So we have that going for us. Well, not, not to one-up you here, <laughs> but the guy Ariana Grande is dating now went to my SpongeBob? high school theater program. So you went to school so, with SpongeBob. But he was, I was a senior. He was either a freshman or he was in eighth grade, but we definitely interacted on some capacity. And uh, uh, he he like he graduated had a, he played SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway. Then he got in Wicked. He married his high school sweetheart. Had a child. Had a child last November. And uh, after SpongeBob, he got in Wicked. They're filming a movie version of it. And then on set, I guess him and Ariana hit it off. Yeah. And and now they're dating. And it just it's hard to think that I was so close <laughs> to being SpongeBob on Broadway. <laughs> Yeah. Babe, you're a Squidward. You are. I know. Here's the thing. Down. I you are a Squidward. I know. Down. Right. Okay. I had a yeah. callback for an original version of SpongeBob, and I got a callback for Squidward. So that's true. Yeah. That Definitely. was me. You could yeah. be Patrick. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I suppose with Sandy the squirrel. What are you gonna? You're gonna be plankton. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, that's 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 my claim to fame. Did Did you when you knew him in high school? Did you was he pulling tail like? Crazy or no? Not at. I think Wait. This so is you were a senior. He was in eighth grade. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Eighth grade or freshman. He was, like, he was like, it was in the ensemble for something. I Got did. it. Okay. And I saw him and I was like, you're going to fuck Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's like, he's like, uh, He's 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 a, a small Jewish boy. Yeah, it is something. There is something. And he has red hair. There's something about women who do theater that they are so they come into it after many years and they are so traumatized by being surrounded by so many gay men that as soon as one eligible straight person shows up in their eyeline, they've lost it. Um, you they were lose talking about my control. whole life. Yeah, exactly. You're, yeah, I I knew a lot. I knew a lot of. Uh, in musical, th- I, I did this musical theater camp where it was like a, a woman, and she had fallen in love with a guy, and he ended up being gay. But like something about him coming yeah, out, like really, time. really fucked her up. Yeah. Like she, I think, like she wasn't like, oh, I did this, but I think, like deep internally, she really struggled with it. And then they both, we went to the same musical camp, and he was like rooming with his new boyfriend, and they were both named Mike, and they looked the same. And it was just, I think, for her, very dramatic to feel like your boyfriend left you for himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that, 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 <laughs> that duo is running every single theater camp across the country right now. Like a woman who's been tragically left by a man named Mike for a man named Mike, you know? Is there, do, do, you, do you have any friends where they date a guy and, and they, lo- he looks ex- they look exactly the same and you're like, can we Babe. joke about it at all? Yeah, no, I mean, this is like, like boyfriend twins is like a, a, a completely naturally occurring phenomenon that happens in the gay community all the time. It is wild. Like one time I remember I was in such a K-hole and my friend was showing me a picture of his new boyfriend on his Instagram and I zoomed in on the face and I said, oh my God, he's so cute. And my friend was like, that's me. Um, <laughs> So I couldn't even tell. In fact, one time actually, we were at we were at this like warehouse party where like everyone it's like shirts off, everyone looks exactly the same. This guy comes up, he's like a big muscly white gay guy with a beard and like an earring and he and a sleeve tattoo. So he's wearing the uniform basically. Uh-huh. And he comes up and he goes, "Have you guys seen someone who looks exactly like me?" And <laughs> And we were like, babe, look around, look at the material. And then he was like, no, it's my twin. He's really fucked up. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. It was an amazing It is story. a thing, though. I know three couples, three gay couples that all look the same. And um, they it's not that they just look the same. It's that they also dress the same and, like, sometimes have the same facial features hair and, yeah, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So they really commit to all all of it. So I, they must know on some level, right? They, they, they have yeah. to. They have to. And I think it's part of it. Like they're th- that's what they're attracted to. But I, I also think like my my the 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 similar thing but not the same thing is there's also a phenomenon in the gay community of salt and pepper shaker boyfriends. Um, where they don't look bear with me. They don't look they don't look identical but they look a part of the same set. Um, and that is what like <laughs> you know like, I'm looking around here, actually, and I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to find a, a scenario where actually you two are sort of salt and pepper shaker couple, I would say. Like, you don't look the same, but you look like you would be purchased together, you know? Yeah. Um, that's so yeah. cute. Yeah, that's cute. The, the number of terminology, you always, yeah. I always, I'm like, I think I got it, otter, bear. Daddy, I got it. And then, no. No, there's yeah. always new stuff being It's like made. Judaism in a way. There's just so <laughs> many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, and in fact, it's very similar. Like, when you want to convert to being gay, you have to be denied three times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you were, you were homeschooled? Yes, homeschooled until I was a junior in high school. Um, so, it's a wonder I turned out so well-adjusted. But here I am. Was there anything socially you did that, like, I just can't imagine 
making friends at 16. I, I, mean, I, I had a tough enough time as it was, and yeah. I was in school the whole time. I would say the biggest thing for me was that, like, I had very little filter. I was very honest, and, like, and, and it serves me well in my current profession, obviously. Yeah. I was an overshare to the max. And the thing that I think did not make sense to me the most was because so much of my understanding of what friendship was came from, like, television and pop culture, and because I didn't have a lot of friends until I went to school. And the thing that shocked me the most was how much shit people talk about their friends. And, like, I didn't get that, and I didn't understand that, like, like people would be like, oh, Emily's always late. Like, I can't believe, like, what is wrong with this bitch that she's always late? She's always showing up 10 minutes late to everything that we do. And then Emily would come in, and I'd be like, Emily, do you know everybody hates you because you're late? You know? like. <laughs> And that would be, like, a situation that would happen a lot. And so, like, it was real. It was a real struggle bus for a while to, like, make lasting friendships because I would, like, reveal all of these things. And, like, cause it didn't make sense to me why we wouldn't just tell Emily that we hate her for being late and then she'd stop being late, you know? Um, I have a friend who's late all the time that I would love for you to be around. To. Yeah. <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. No, it's not. No, no, it's and when you were, when you were homeschooled, because uh, I know you, your, your parents were religious. Yeah. And did your dad, what what religion? Uh, Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist. Yeah. But was your dad leading sermons at home? Or yeah. So we didn't even go to church until I was in like junior high. My dad um, would like lead church at home, um, and we wouldn't interact with anyone else in the community. It was, as you're all thinking, a cult. Um, <laughs> but like he would just basically read from the Bible, and we would talk about it. Every but a cult that like he ma- like he grew up. In that religion, and then yeah. he was like, I have a couple. Yeah, yeah, He was like, I'll start a franchise, you know? Um, uh-huh. He's like, I can do this. Was there anyone else or just you no, and just your... No, our immediate family. You and yeah. your two siblings? Two siblings, mom, yeah. And you'd sit down, went in the living room? Was there a church room? No, it was like living room, sometimes his room, like sometimes my parents' room. We would all just like be on the bed listening to, you know, Bible verses. You're making this weirder than it needs to be, honestly. I just, I just can't imagine like keeping everyone. It's just like if my dad said, you know, kids, I'm gonna put on a, a, a sketch show after dinner, and you're all gonna. It's just like it's so to, to do it every week. Yeah, uh, my parents were just more disorganized. I just can't no, imagine. Yeah, it being yeah. And quite honestly, I would prefer hearing passages from the Bible to a sketch show put on my dad. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll say that right now. I love comedy, but um, um, was it was it always like very. Did he have a riff off the Bible? And he's like, and that's why you should clean your room. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, there were definitely like things where he'd be like, do you understand this? Like, let's talk about what this means and things like that. But like, he was never editorializing too much about stuff like that. Like, he would be like, this is why you need, like, you know, need to be respectful to mom and dad, like things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I do remember one time they fold, they tried to fold in like a version, like basically my parents didn't want to talk to me about sex, so they handed me a book at when I was like 11 or 12 called How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex, um, and just had me read the book. Um, so sort of cutting out the middleman, and then we had like uh, a Sunday where we talked about what I read in the book. Um, and I imagine it was a very heteronormative book? Yes, very heteronormative. It um, didn't have salt and pepper shaker I, relationships <laughs> yeah, towards no, the it end. Did. I remember, I remember um, we, the, sh- the conversation got shut down pretty early because I remember he was like, what, what sorts of things did you learn from the book? Like, what surprised you? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize oral sex was not just like mouth on uh, genitals. It could be like anything. It could be mouth on anything. Uh-huh. And then they were like, we're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, though, it's not like I had better sex ed. I, I, my sex ed in high school, it was freshman year, and it was the gym teacher who had, like, they just were like, you do gym now, you add this too. Yeah. And uh, she, she, she's a lesbian, and she, she gathered us in the library, and she was like, hey, uh, I'm going to answer whatever questions you have, just so everyone knows, I'm a gold star lesbian. And we were freshmen in high school, and we <laughs> said, what's a gold star lesbian? She said, oh, it means I'd never had sex with a man. Wow. And then all the guys, the only question any of us wanted to know was, <laughs> like, ten guys asked, does size matter? <laughs> and and what you want, I think, a good, it would be, like, you know, the, 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 the lie that we tell. No, yeah. not really. But the teacher, she just saw the question because it was in a hat. It was yeah, anonymous. Yeah, yeah. And each one, she'd be like, does size matter? Again, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I have no idea. It could be vitally important, but I am yeah. a gold star. I got to yeah. tell you, if sh that teacher were, like, in Florida right now, she'd be in jail. Yeah. Um, yes. like, yeah. She would be fully incarcerated um, in this day and age. But what's, I love her candor. There, there's gold star game. Then what's the, the even higher? It's if you had a C-section. So you This is for, for, for men. Uh, yeah, it's for men. There's a gold star gay, and then there's one step above you at a C-section that you've yeah, never I gotta, I gotta, touched. Yeah, I got to stop you really quick, too. I, ha I hate, I hate, hate, hate the term gold star gay. Sure. This was a long time ago. I know, I know, I know. I just don't like that we've given ourselves, like, this award for not having sex with a woman when 90% of the time it's like, yeah, I doubt women were banging down your door. Um, <laughs> like, it's some sort of feat that you you made it out without fucking a woman, as though that were an option to you and to begin with. And second of all, it's like... <laughs> Like it's it's like it's like we're giving ourselves a purple heart um, for making it out. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's just like so you didn't fuck a woman. It, it does not make you special. In fact, like I regret it. Yeah, I'm kidding. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't at all. I have fingered a woman though. Um, How was that? It was on my 21st birthday. I'd been out for like four or five. It was years like a birthday thing. Like, well, hey, it's I the birthday boy. Get him a pussy. <laughs> I was like so I was so blackout drunk and she asked and I'm a feminist so I did it and she 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 asked specifically for a fingering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And wow. um could you spare a fingering, she, sir? She, she knew what she wanted. Yeah, and then afterwards um I was so like what does this mean? I started to cry. Oh. Um and I Wall made inside or you at no, least no, no, no. <laughs> I, on the curb outside I sat and I was like does this mean I'm not gay and she was like I'm pretty sure that this means you are gay. Um <laughs> Like the gayest possible oh reaction to fingering a woman is crying about it. Afterwards. I just would like being gay, like like someone fingering you. You're like, are you gay? The way the finger is just like. Just well, yeah, because I was fingering her like this, you know. Like, just came in from an upwards angle. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so so when you went to high school, you got went right into theater. Yeah, that was actually, that was the big reason I want. I was doing a lot of community theater, and I remember telling my parents, I was like, I really want to do, like, um, our theater program at the local high school, because that was, like, the one thing you couldn't really do as a homeschooler. Like, I was doing, like, church plays and stuff like that, but there's only so many times. Who you did you play in the church play? I was play? Judas. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, it like, this is... Uh, did you have, like, a line? Did you go, like... Yeah, well, there was, like... I was, like, into it, because, like, Judas is the one that gets to kiss Jesus, you know? So... Wow. Yeah, yeah. They, they were, like, uh, a little less, less on the kiss. Yeah. I don't know what that... <laughs> no need to embrace his backside. Yeah. <laughs> I brought you a fourth gift. Uh, it's... Uh, we had... We had... 
my middle school, it used to be a Christian school, but there were echoes of it still. And we would do a big um, Christian play around winter. And the, the shepherds, they had to kneel the whole show, and one kid would always faint. What? Always? You're, yeah, because you're just kneeling for like an un- ungodly amount of time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, he would not make it in the gay community, I got to <laughs> tell you. <laughs> you ever do a, a, a church? No. Or a, or a, I never did. Did you ever do a church? Uh, no, no, I didn't have it grown up at all. It was like you know, it was. I went with friends a couple times, you know, when like a friend who is religious invites you to go to something. Uh huh. Um, but only one-offs, and that was it. Really, I had no relationship to it. Yeah. Um, but it's just the figuring out of the theater kid at church. Like with with yeah. Jewish of Passover, you have the big, you still tell the story. And this kid goes like, nah, 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 nah. and then you're like, give it to me, give it to me. And then you're like, and then Moses. Yes. And uh, that's how you know. Yeah. I still felt that we did Passover recently. And there was just a feeling of like, when this book gets to me, you motherfuckers aren't ready. <laughs> this is what I do for a living. She's a fucking lawyer. Forget about it. Um, and and uh, do you remember when you stopped believing in this religion? Mm, it was a slow burn because, like, basically, what happened with me is I came out at school at sixteen, like pretty much a month after they sent me to public school. They sent me to public school. <laughs> what? An, it's like the, the proof right there yeah, for these know, parents. Exactly. Like one month they in, they sent me to public school. I drank for the first time. I smoked weed for the first time. I sucked a dick for the first time. I came flying out of the closet. Like I, it was <laughs> that like, was that was wait, all in the first hour <laughs> yeah. of being yeah, in yeah, public yeah, yeah. school. <laughs> this was by like this was like home three room. periods yeah, first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so like I, because I was under such lock and key for most of my life, and so everything I watched, everything I consumed, everything about my life was in so much, um, like my parents controlled it all. And so when I had like an ounce of freedom, it was over. It was over. That's why um, I'd be. I'm more scared. I think like I didn't smoke weed really until college, and so that first time, like when you first drank, were you like excited? Were you like, what am I doing? Did it feel... It felt very natural, I got to say. Like, yeah. it just felt like this is the life I'm supposed to be like, leading. Um, everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The it just thing. felt normal. But, so then I didn't come out to my parents until, like, my senior year, and they read my journal famously, and they, that's how they discovered I was doing all this shit. And then I, like, moved out of the house and, like, sort of hopped around for a while to different friends' houses. And it was um, this thing where, like, when I came out and I was out at school, I was like, okay, like, I obviously can't deny that I'm gay. Um, I guess I'm just going to go to hell, and that's whatever. Like, I'll deal with that at a later date, but I'm going to be gay. <laughs> I'll have eternity yeah. to figure that yeah. out. And, um, but, like, I'm definitely going to hell. And then, so what ended up happening is I ended up moving in with this girl that I had one class with. Um, she, like, everybody knew that I was, like, sort of struggling and not at home. And she was like, hey, if you ever need a place to stay, you can come and stay with my family. And she and I were not friends, so I was like, you're just saying this to be nice. But then I got desperate, and I showed up at her house, and I was like, hey, can I stay here? And her parents were like, you can't just invite strange boys to sleep at our house. Like, her dad's a paraplegic. They have two, she had two younger brothers. Like, it was a lot going on in that house. But they let me stay the night. The next morning, they um, were like, come back for dinner. And I came back for dinner, and the long story short of it is, is I ended up staying there for the rest of my senior year. They co-signed on my student loans. They bought me a car for graduation. Wow. Um, she's still my best friend to this day. Um, wow. like, um, and it was amazing. And the ironic thing was is that her dad was the Methodist pastor in our town. And he was very progressive, though, like very into gay rights, very into like, just like sort of like God has no gender, there is no hell. And like staying there really saved my life because it was this thing 
where I, they caught wind of the fact that I was like, I thought I was going to hell for, for living my life the way I was. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how the, any of this works. And so they really, it was like really helpful to have someone in authority, in a place of authority in religion, tell me that that wasn't true. And I would say now I've sort of like transitioned into being fairly agnostic mm-hmm. slash, you know, uh, borderline atheist. But it was really helpful for me to live in that period of my life where I was just like, okay, maybe like God doesn't hate me. And now I'm sort of like, God is vibes. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I sometimes, th- sometimes I can't tell whether it's like, oh, to make religion even, obviously it should be more accepting, but part of me is like, some of this stuff needs to just go away yeah, yeah, wholesale, yeah. because if you if you live in that area, you can create any rules right. underneath the concept of God you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, if you keep it there, someone can put the homophobia right back in, or, I don't know, this isn't, this is not a, the most pro-religious, I always thought of, Pete Holmes like what would always bring up people's religion. I was like, I want to do the opposite. I want to bring up. I want to find out when people stopped believing yeah, yeah. <laughs> in God. <laughs> and for some of them, it's it's listening to the podcast. And I feel like um, I just think it's amazing. I I don't know. I think the idea of being homeschooled until you're 16 and being just functional enough to, I guess you had to. You had no other choice but to figure it out. Yeah. But uh, when you went to w- college. Sorry, was it the city you grew up in, or how far away? No, was it was it? like three hours south uh-huh. of where I grew up. Yeah, and doing theater there too. Doing theater. Any there. good roles? In English. Um, no, <laughs> um, I, had, I did a couple of things, um, like a lot of Shakespeare and things like that, and that's like what I wanted to do for a while. But I mostly switched. I did one summer of summer stock theater, which is like professional theater that happens over the summer. Did you ever do summer stock? I didn't, it wasn't called that. I did like, I did shows in the, su- like a show in the summer. It was a really bad, it's a long story, but it's a really bad show called, well, that's not bad. I'm recording this. It's a fine show um, <laughs> that is in Texas. It's called Texas the Musical Drama. And it's uh, all about the history of Texas. And it's like a cast of 75 people. They're, it's built into the wall of a, the second largest canyon in the United States. There's sev- There's dancers, there's fire, there's horses. Um, and oh it sounds um, like Burning Man. It's Jesus. all yeah. yeah. It's all very pro Texas. Like it's like it love it's Texas exclamation point. And uh, how do they how do they uh, cover the Civil War? How do they get they out don't, of that pickle? They don't. No, no, no. It's just about like there's Native Americans that come out on stage and everything's good <laughs> about it. You know, there's no mention that they like drove their buffalo off cliffs and things like that. No, no. Oh like, my it's God. Like, it was uh, but so I did that for two summers. Um, and uh, and yeah, what did that you play in experience. it? Yeah. I was a guy named Tucker Yeldell. He was um, a gold a, a gold prospector in <laughs> in uh, like in a like town with no gold. You know that it was the comedic relief of the show. Yeah, you know, really. Yeah, yeah. it was like, but it was like two thousand people would come. Do you have night. a voice? Do you have a prospector voice? I mean, I don't. You know me. It was it was yelly. It was like that kind of. You know, I, where's I, I, the I got gold? One voice. <laughs> There's no gold here, and I'm a prospector for gold. Yeah, but with a southern accent. Give me my horse. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Native Americans, um, my friends. Um, Thank you my, for your land. <laughs> my favorite part of the show is in the opening. There was a they would s- the, the, there was a part where everyone sang, and they go and the men would all sing. Uh, sorry, the women would all sing, where the women are happy, and the men go and never complain. <laughs> so it was like that kind of like show, you know. It was like <laughs> and you know every guy in that audience is nudging his wife like, like you hear? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
Did you do anything like that? Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> <coughs> the summer after my freshman year, it was my first like paid acting gig. I did a show called Thoroughly Modern Millie for like 70 performances, and I played like uh, Asian henchman in it. And it's like, and the the, the role is Asian henchman. henchman. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. Bunfu. And it was. Um, it wasn't just henchmen, and they were like, well, now it's no, an no, Asian no. Henchman. They were like specifically Asian henchmen, and it was this thing where like the show was like being intentionally racist as like a comment on being racist. Yeah, that's always been. But then it the circled podcast. back around, and it just yeah, felt racist. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was like fairly demoralizing and I got back to school and I was like I don't want to do musical theater that's not my bag like that's not what I want to do for the rest of my life so I switched my major to dramatic writing and started and and basically created because they didn't really have that major but I like finagled my way into like creating this major for myself and so that's when I started writing and then Chicago then Chicago afterwards. And you did copywriting? N I, no, I didn't. Oh. I worked at Groupon, but I was in the customer care division of Groupon, um, working. Um, people called you? People called and emailed in. Lots of wacko things happened. Like, there was definitely a Groupon for anal bleaching, and there was definitely an anal bleaching gone wrong, and they definitely emailed us pictures of it. Um, oh. Yeah, so I saw a lot of horrific things uh, working for Groupon. Wait, what, what did... My, okay, when you hear an anal bleaching goes wrong, what do you imagine? Burns, Burns babe. Oh, Burns. I thought it was like the bleaching just spread out, so it was like all over. <laughs> no, so it no, just looked it's like burning. it looked like it's your burning. anus just like <laughs> yeah. tie dye, a tie dye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I and we're like, yeah, refund. Sure. There's certain <laughs> things you don't. <laughs> You, we there's certain taken things you don't get a discount on, you know, yeah. and anal bleaching is one of those. Yeah, you full don't price cut costs. Yeah. Have you ever had an anal bleaching? No, I don't need it. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it would be too. It would be too like white. I don't think there's any making it look other than what it is. What do you? Th no I thoughts? don't. I don't have a thought. I, I think uh, people can do whatever they want to do. No, I'm not. Do I'm not saying don't. Do. I'm not saying you'll you go know? to hell if you get an anal bleaching. I don't have a. Um, so that uh, shitty, shitty job overall. Um, you know, it was fine. It was like very. It was like the start of like ping pong tables and kegs at startup oh. culture. Yeah. So oh. everyone was sitting on a yoga ball. It was like very like loosey goosey. There was no dress code. I showed up looking like a fucking whore like every day. Um, yeah. Like I, I literally came in in like short shorts and rollerblades one day. It was like making a complete mockery of the workplace. Um, and it was that was and but it, when they also like let me go for auditions. They let me like. You know, they were very, they kept like the, the ethos of Groupon was like the more successful you are at the thing you love doing, the more successful we will be as a company. And I was always like, no, the more successful I am at the thing I love doing, the more like closer I'll be to leaving this company. Yeah. Um, but like, God bless them for thinking that. Um, and so, and I also like transferred to Groupon in New York when I moved to New York too, which was like convenient to have that as well. I feel like I really, like, I experienced the WeWork like right as it's not. Wasn't yeah. cool anymore. Yeah. Right as people were like, "Yeah, we don't need free beer at 8 a.m." Well, it was. I yeah. I ended up working for this startup in New York at a WeWork. There were like four of us in this office space. And what you don't need to understand about WeWork is that every floor has what is essentially it's they call they're called community managers, and they are RAs. They are adult RAs. Uh huh. Um, who they, and like literally every day, every week, this RRA would come and knock on our door and be like, "Hey guys." Didn't see any of you at the happy hour on Friday. Oh. Everything going all right? We just love community. And it would be like, get away from us. We're trying to work, you know? Like, I don't want any of your alcoholic kombucha shoved yeah. down my throat. 
<laughs> well, that's why now, now they're desperate to get everyone back into the office, and it's tough to imagine what, what they could do to make it worth people's while. Because no. we all saw that that kind of collapse, that yeah. whole idea of, like, cool workspace. Yeah. But then you did, you worked at Olive Garden. I worked at Olive Garden. This is before Groupon. I worked at Olive Garden in college for two years. In and Times I, Square? No, 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 in college. In oh, college. in college. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, for two years. And I got to tell you, still eat there to this day. Um, I would eat there any day of the week. It's still, I've seen how the sausage gets made. It comes frozen. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's all great. I, I will say the, the breadsticks are 350 calories per stick. Um, and I used to eat roughly 11 of them per shift and then eat a shift meal. I have never looked so healthy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, t uh, Tova and I, we went to, because she, she grew up in a, a religious community, so she never really went to Olive Garden, so we did a Broadway night where we went to the Times Square Olive Garden. It's not bad. It's not, it's not terrible. No, for, for a Times Square restaurant, it's not bad. I've been there. We had a rough, okay, I love Montreal. <laughs> I really do. But the, the service is definitely slower than other places. And there's just with the, the, the service, they, they deserve everything. But the coffee refills, it's not unlimited refills if it's 30 minutes between each refill. <laughs> then it's one refill for free, as far as I'm concerned. So there was this, so, so it's just, it was a long time. It was a lot, you know, I like, I like as you're drinking it, they come over there. I like that Jewish deli. Yeah. They have two, they're walking yeah. around. They're yeah. burning people as they yeah. go. And, and, and so I got like one cup. And also, if you're not going to do refills, that's fine. Bigger cup, you got to get a bigger yes, cup. These are tiny small. little cups. And, uh, I, you know, did one. I said, can I have a refill? And then like 30 minutes later, I think 30 minutes. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, just refill when a chance. And she was like, I didn't forget you. And 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 then and then she was so flustered she spilled. Well, so then she was so flustered. We went to get the we wanted to get the check. It was time to go, and we you know we needed we had to be here in two hours. So we were like, we better ask now <laughs> if we want to make it in time. And and then before she got to us, the person behind her she spilled coffee. All she, this woman was wearing linen white pants. She it was it was a it was a fit. And dis, I mean disaster. Go go home. Kind yeah. of disaster. Yeah. Fly back and to I was States. like, we are never getting this check. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I can't tell if that's I, all Montreal or just this one woman at this one place. Yeah. You know? It's when you go to a new place, it's very easy to be <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, wow, yeah. this whole yeah, fucking yeah. place. <laughs> I, I love Montreal as well. I will say, I have never um, met a group of people at, uh, in, in positions of service that hate you more um, for not speaking the language. Um, outside, outside of America. Um, yeah. 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 They, yeah. Really, they really don't like you if you don't speak uh, French here. It's, it's Do a, you give, so they go bonjour, a lot of the, when they go like, bonjour, hi. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonjour, yeah. hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, um, hi. Do you give them a bonjour back? No, I go, no. <laughs> No, thank you. No. no. I don't know. <laughs> the, the stupidest thing I do, after we do the whole exchange in American at the end, they're like, and here's your key. And I yeah. go, merci. <laughs> I know two words. Yeah. Uh, can you speak another language? I can speak a little bit of Spanish. Um, it sort of left me during the pandemic because I didn't speak Spanish for almost two years. Um, and then, um, you know, sometimes, like, they'll, like, 
like sometimes like here they'll be like you know and i know this is wrong i know this is wrong <laughs> but like they'll be like oh do you uh, can i get you anything else and i'll be like say bon you know um it's good right yeah you know yeah. i mean i don't know don't ask me is that That's right it sounds good yeah, yeah. it sounds good i use it bon. way too much for it to be correct though um say <laughs> bon. bon. you 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 dig in montreal so far yeah i'm loving it yeah not enough ice in the drinks uh, yeah, I can do that's a little a more air conditioning. Okay, good. A little okay. more, a little this more is me air testing conditioning. Out what's a real too. thing and what's not? A little more air conditioning. A little more air conditioning. Yeah. So uh, basically, places. they're just trying to take care of the environment, and you have a problem with yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I think that's what it is. So yeah. I think like the iced coffee. A lot of the iced coffee comes in paper cups, and you're like, "What's this?" And I think there's a, is there a law? Anyone from Montreal? Here? It's what? Mm. Yeah, but you know what else sucks? The, the ice cap's melting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, You're going to need that single-use plastic as a raft when the yeah, water starts yeah, rising. Exactly. <laughs> the person who, who shout out, what's your name? Are you a Montreal uh, uh, native? Yeah, born, and raised. born and raised. Tell me what sucks about Montreal. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. It's fun here now in the summer. I don't think I could handle the cold. Mm. That's is that. That's why the malls are so big, right? Because they need all these different things indoors for you when just it's offended. cold. Yeah. Seven Montreal. Do you think that's what it was? Who, they are out. They are done. They are done. They were like, we love the They're construction like, we in the summer it until he started. <laughs> <It's> beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> They're like that enough. Um, have you performed a lot in Canada in general? Yeah, a bunch. I, here, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Um, yeah, all over. People always ask, like, when you do, like, radio interviews, they're like, what are Canadian audiences like versus American audience? I never know how to answer that question without sounding just so stupid. No, I... Yeah. They're, like, it's exactly the same. Like, we share most of the same cultural sort of touchstones, except you guys are a little French. Um, yeah. Do you think, I feel like the politeness, like, as the stereotype has, it's, it's, it's over. fully fake. Um, it's, yeah. it's fully fake. You guys are not any nicer than us. Yeah. In fact, they're meaner. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, and how many JFLs have you been to? Oh, gosh. Um, I think every year since my new faces. Really? Yeah. Um, m maybe not Montreal specifically, but I've done, like, Toronto JFL or Vancouver JFL um, or something like that every year since I've... Round of applause, you're here. staying in this hotel, the Doubletree Hotel. Okay, then we won't complain about the... <laughs> the double... Uh, I, had like, I had like 10 things like, isn't the fucking soap the worst? Uh, we had an alarm. We had a 2 a.m. alarm. I've never had this guy... So, so it was 2 a.m. the second night we were here, my girlfriend and I, and uh, loud alarm, 2 in the morning... And they said French. They were like, duh, duh, duh. I can't even do it. Oh, my God. You don't have to. I don't have that no in one's my asking brain. I can't, you to do I can't it. even like, just, do a just say It, it was sounded French. like yeah. fucking Simlish, yeah. what you just said. <laughs> Are you checking your fucking phone no, during the live podcast recording? <laughs> and so you thought after that, what do you expect? An English translation. Yes. But instead it was like, Beep. And I was like, whoa, are we not gonna, we're not going to translate it? Do I need to run? Can yeah. I walk? Should I check the window? Like, what yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. 
And then, the, then, the, then after, after the four beeps, the system is, then they do it in English, and they said, you may need to leave the hotel. Please be ready to leave at a moment's notice. And this went on for 30 minutes. Oh, my and, God. And a lot of people left. I said, not until the flames are licking the doorknob yeah. am I. <laughs> and then you open the door, and everyone's, like, peeking out in Meandering. various states of us undress. Yeah. I, I left my shirt off. I don't know if that was, like, but, you know, I peeked open, like, like, oh, anyone know what's going on? And no one fucking does. Of course. Yeah. Who got a secret thing? Or someone said the French version actually says we're going to die yeah, in 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah. You should already be outside. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, this is so unprofessional, but um, can I go pee really quick? Yeah, you can oh, pee. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't want to do it on your podcast. Um, sure. No, That would be the clip for sure. We'll, so just we'll, like we'll cut this part. Just vamp. You Talk, pee. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, don't cut this. Peep it no. in. No. John Margo loves cutting and editing the podcast, so. Uh. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's, let's uh, I want to tell that. Uh, so sometimes I have a, a moment at a show that I did not know how to handle. Uh-huh. And we tried to game plan it. So I did a show at a JCC. We all know what JCC is? No. Jewish Community Center. He, he learned that this morning. No, okay. But you, you said it in a I've way like a, like a word JCCs. of the day. You were like, a JCC. Uh. It's my Jewish I, term I of the day. I used to go to the JCC all the time when I was a Manny because uh, the kid would go there. Okay. So I would take him. So it was a, it was a JCC event. What that means, they say, go a little cleaner. You know, there's going to be some old people there. It's not necessarily going to be the most poppin' show, but it's it, you know, it's it's communities, and and I, I hope to I, I want to figure out how to do well at JCCs, and because uh, uh, I'm making some Yamaka merch, mm -hmm. and they're not buying it mm -hmm. in Alabama, yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so so we go, and it's it's like I'd say it's like 150 people, and and a woman comes up and she says, "Hi, just so you know, I run an organization. We bring uh, adults uh, with autism." who don't go out normally, and it's like a big group of like, you know, 20 people, and we're gonna be seated over there. Just wanted to let you know, in case you notice that like, part of the audience is not reacting as you would normally expect them to react. I'm like, that's great, that's fine, okay? It, it's a rare moment, honestly, I think the, the most egotistical part is I'm like, I'm a good person tonight. Yeah, yeah. I would have performed, you know, yeah. for literal Nazis. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I was doing this JCC event, and, and a woman said, just, you know, a, a big group of this uh, event, it's a community of adults with autism, and they don't go out normally, so we, we bring them out for events. I was like, great. And uh, uh, I'm doing the show, and at some point, I'm, I mention a friend of mine who's, who's gay or has a boyfriend, and I say he's gay, and one of the, one of the adults goes, ew. <laughs> and I didn't know, in the context of a comedy show, how to handle it in a way that would keep the good times rolling. <laughs> and I didn't, because I didn't want to be like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. I didn't want to chastise. I you didn't want to roast. Didn't, you didn't want to be an ally. Uh, I didn't want to be an ally. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know yeah. what? Yeah. I'm an ally when it's yeah. convenient, but not yeah. when it stands in the way of one joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't sure. What would you have done? You, well, you I would not be telling stand-up jokes. That would be the first thing. Sure, I'm sure. Not but I, uh, I don't know because you know it's a complicated thing because it's it's an adult. Uh, uh, you know, you you and you don't know who they are really. You don't know who they, they are. You told no. a little bit. I of don't background. know. Like, I, yeah. I would have just 
I would have like just off spitball. I would I would have been like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror um, <laughs> or something? Something along those lines. Because you can't like in my in my position, there's no way I can like get sure. out of that without yeah. being mean. You know? Sure. Yeah. There's just no way. Like, how am I going to gracefully handle someone saying my lifestyle is you? You know? Yeah. It's like you're. Never mind. I'm not going to say. Well, I think it was. I think what I did was. It's the lamest version. I was like. No. <laughs> no, it's oh. not ew. Yeah, it's all ew if we really think about it. Everything, the whole spectrum. Yeah, gay, straight, we're all gross. That was my that was my attempt, and it did not work. It was a bad event. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there's nothing to do. Sometimes there's no good way out of a. There's you can't. But no. I can't roast him. No. Why? I mean, you would. Well, he's he's because on the autism spectrum. Oh, did you miss a, that part? No, no, I know that oh. he is. But you can, you can. That's why the thing the is. Like, that's the thing is, like, you can because I think that's something that gets missed. Is like, the, there's a condensation to to like to not treat people like you would treat everyone. Yeah, is is weird. Sure. Too. So he can be on the autism I spectrum yeah. and be an asshole. I wouldn't zero you know? in yeah. on. Truthfully, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make your comeback about, about him being autism. on the uh, autism <laughs> spectrum. But like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I think it's as far as on the gay spectrum as you are yeah. on the autism you, you spectrum. Can, I think it's a little patronizing to not yes, clap back. It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was just, I just, I, I you wasn't. You failed. I failed. Yeah. No, I definitely did. Yeah. You could have made fun of I honestly don't clothes. know what I, if I were in your position, I would have frozen up too. I would have, like, because you want to be, like, you want to triangulate and be aware of all of the optics of everything you're about to say. And that's not conducive to, like, being a good, yeah. funny stand-up in the moment, you know? Which mental disability do you think you'd be best handled to equip a comeback for? Oh, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were thinking about you it for really, a second. You were like... You really took a moment. Yeah. I was, yeah. You were like, schizophrenia. <laughs> um, but then, and then one of the other adults came up to me after the show and, and he said like, oh, I, th I wanted to come to a comedy show. It's just a guy complaining on stage for an hour. Oh, and again, I was just like, fuck, what the fuck, dude? You can, you can be an autistic and an asshole at the same time. Definitely, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't think they'd love to be called no. an autistic. No, um, no. That's not how I meant to phrase it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's a problem with live podcasts. <laughs> this would be um, so, all right, let's see. We, we, we left in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you got into stand-up. Yeah. Well, I got in stand-up in Chicago. In Chicago. Moved to New York to do stand-up, like, uh, as much as possible, yeah. Did you like living in Chicago? I did. I think Chicago's a really great place. To, it's a great incubator for any sort of artistic pursuit because it has a, you have as much access as you do in New York to stage time and, and things like that, but it's not without the pressure of, like, actual industry eyes being on you the whole time you're, like, coming up. So I was yeah. able to be really experimental and, like, figure out my voice as a stand-up to a certain degree before going to New York and like you know jumping into the deep end and doing it. But it was great. Yeah, it's like um, you know, very cold, but it's it was a, a good time. What is it like coming back to like a stand-up comedy centered festival and your life has brought on so many things that are not stand-up. Yeah. I mean, you were talking a little backstage just like not feeling like you're in fighting super fighting shape like to the way you might have been in the past. Right, right, right. Is it, do you come and you go, 
I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go back to fighting shape when I want to. Does it feel weird? Do you miss it? Are you like, I'm, I'm over the crazy hustle of it? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely like, that's the thing, is that like that hustle like that I had to have early in my career made me a better stand-up, and now that I don't have to work as hard to get stage time, I'm a, a worse stand-up for it. And I do miss feeling really good at doing this, um, but I don't miss, um, I, I guess I prefer being able to own a house. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Sure. So it's like you take the good, you take the bad. Um, but I, I mean, being in environments like this, like <laughs> it really does, like it really invi- it, it, it ignites like the love. Yes. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like I am getting to the point where like I, I've been doing this now for over a decade, and like I love it. It's my first love. It's the thing that I feel the most like self-actualized doing. Like it's the thing where like I'm not getting network notes on it. I'm not like it is. There's no barrier to entry. Like it's just me and my brain and the stage and the audience, and it's great. Um, but I am getting to the point where it's like, at what point? Because let's be honest. Like there are people in this industry who get famous from doing other things and from doing stand-up and release like their fourth or fifth special and it's really bad. And it's really bad because they can get away with it because mm-hmm. they're famous. And I never want to get to that point. And yeah. that is like, I, I would rather quit before I release a special that is like clapter and fu- and not funny and just sort of resting on like having fans. And that's like, we were talking backstage, so this is the problem is that like when I released all the material in my Netflix special was material I was writing as I was coming up and as I was headlining clubs where they did not know who I was, where it was just like people showing up to a club, trusting that they, they booked a, a funny comedian. And I would have to work really hard to get people on my side and like perform for people who didn't care if I lived or died. And now I'm touring and it's like 80% of the audiences are people who n- like me from the movie or from the special or from something else that I've done. And they these motherfuckers will laugh at whatever jib jab I say. Um, and it is so frustrating because it's like, I don't trust myself. I don't trust any of my material anymore yeah. mm. because I'm like, you know, I, I just feel like it is I'm I'm like operating at a at a like a lazier level. And that's my problem. That's not necessarily the audience's problem, but it is my problem. And but being at places like Montreal really does make me like I already, like since being here for like twelve hours, I feel like I've written like three better jokes. Yeah. Or three better versions of jokes that I've had in my set and like just being there last night. But it's like a, a, the newest sensation for me is like being nervous again to do stand. Sure. Like I never like there I would say from like Years like two to eight, to, I was not nervous doing stand up at all. Like, it was the, the one thing I knew I was good at. And now I'm sort of like, I don't know. Like, I know I'm a funny person, but is this like the best thing for me to be doing? I don't know. I, it's, it is one of those things where I'm like, I, I want to quit before I, I hit like that's that level of special that like everyone talks about in our community being like, did you see that special? It was dog shit. You know, like, yeah, I, well, I let's list the comedians right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but like clearly, like I like clearly, those people probably didn't think they they probably may have said at a younger time in their life, like I don't want to end up like that either. And then one day, someone well, says, "Hey, ten million, and then they go, "Oh, I took a weird shit yesterday. I'll talk about that for ten minutes." I, I think that there's like a fair amount. I've struggled since the beginning of my career with a fair amount of imposter syndrome about belonging in this industry. And I think like that really, why? To, well, I think like you know, I 
there weren't a lot of gay stand-ups coming up when I was coming up. And then when I did reach a certain amount of success, there was a lot of talk about it being like, oh, because I'm a, a, it's a gimmick or it's like this new wave of like woke comedy or whatever. And like that, people being like, I'm a diversity hire. Like, you know, hearing stuff like that constantly as you're coming up and having every success that you have invalidated by people saying that. Yeah. Like, it, it makes you question yourself even more. And I feel like a lot of like, the really successful comics who are releasing bad specials have never once in their entire career questioned whether or not they belong in this career. And mm. so, like, they don't, they don't even think that, that it's even a possibility that their shit could be bad. Whereas I've questioned every single joke I've ever written and wondered, like, is this bad? Is this, like, me, you know, resting on my laurels? Is this, like, me, like, you know, um, utilizing? I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I've, I've just always questioned myself like no matter how successful I've been in this industry, like I've always wondered, like, do I belong here? When you first came up, who who were the like gay comics that had succeed? Like, I mean, like I remember, like from my youth, it was like Ant, Ant, yeah, Alec Mappa a little bit, um, but there really wasn't anyone who'd broken through in a big way. Not in certainly the same way that like gay women have, uh, you know, yeah. had a fair amount of success with. Well, also a lot of them <laughs> started started straight, straight into the scene and, yes, and then exactly, came out exactly. But no, all those old Ellen specials are very. Yeah. She's wearing a full suit, and she's like, "I hate dating men." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting closer. But there uh, weren't there weren't gay headliners when I was coming up. There just weren't. Sure. Um, and so it was like it it was very lonely. Like I think like in my class, like the only other gay comic that I knew and that we like sort of clung to was Mateo. Um, yeah, and like that was that was it for a long, long time. And then it wasn't until like I met Bowen and and other people in this sort of new co Julio Torres and like Sam sure. and all of these people did I finally realize that like there was a community of gay comedy and there was people that wanted to show up for it. But it is it's just different now, you know. Yeah, and I mean Mateo's a killer too. Yeah, Mateo does not rest on his mm -hmm. laurels. Um, um, well, very cool. I mean, do you think, I mean, being here, you're like, well, maybe I will. Like, because if you want to get back into stand-up shape, you have to block out space. Yeah. You have to, like, be like, okay, no writer's room for a little bit. No. I mean, yeah, exactly. And that's, like, the problem because, again, I own a house. Um, and <laughs> I have to pay for that house. And I can't pay for my house doing $20 spots at the comedy store, you sure, know? Um, sure. So it, it is, like, tough. But, like, it is just, it's also living in L.A. I will say this. Like, being a new, like, living in New York and doing stand-up in New York, you will be the best version of yourself as a comic, bar none, because the audiences are great. There's so much stage time. You can do three shows in a night. Like that's that was my rhythm when I was living in New York. Is I would go up three times a night and then yeah. come back. And now living in LA, there's a couple things. Like LA, just just less stage time. The audiences are unfortunately dumber. Um, you really and you really you really think that's I true? I think that's true. Yeah, unequivocally. I think it's they are less comedy literate. Like most of sure. the audiences in New York are people that see comedy, love comedy, see a lot of comedy. So you can do experimental stuff and you can do stuff that like pushes the form a little bit because mm -hmm. they're ready for it. Whereas in LA. A, like, they're not seeing as much comedy, and B, there are so many people in L.A. that are in that audience that want to be where you are, who are, like, industry mm. people, who are, like, out-of-work actors or people who are trying to do something and, and just, like, or sit there and just sort of 
be like, how do I do what that person... I, wa- I want the attention, you know? Yeah. And so you're fighting against that a little bit. And then I'll say the other big thing, too, that's changed in my life in the last two years is I, um, I am in a relationship for the first time in my life. And, yeah. like, I no longer can be that guy that stays out until 2 a.m. doing spots and then, like, come home and, like, you know, jerk off and go to bed. Like, I have this whole other person in my life that, like, wants to spend time with me and that I want to spend time with. And so, like, it, it's it's not only just, like, job stuff that's taking me away from stand-up. It's, it's this horrible man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, there's sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to stay good at stand-up, but ultimately it's like, to be good is to be... Uh, a poor time management. Yeah. I mean, it truly is a nightmare. Yeah. And I'm sure my, my girlfriend's listening to this right now, like, oh, that's great. But you're that's lucky. Good. I mean, she at least, like, is in the industry, too. People say this all the time, and I got to tell you. <laughs> people go, oh, your girlfriend's in the industry, so she must be cool with you being a selfish piece of shit. And I'm like, no, she's, she's in the industry, but she's still, like, a human being who wants you there for her birthday. Yeah. We, the worst thing I did, this was the first year that we dated. I got, <laughs> she was like, you know, we'll do something that night. And I said, oh, great. So that means oh, that yeah. if there's a show in the middle of the day, <laughs> that's okay. And I hosted a show like in a park <laughs> in New York City on her birthday. Staten, Staten Island. Island. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, I thought, oh, I, and I thought, oh, I know what a love. When I was on stage, I said, "It's my girlfriend's birthday today." Everyone say, "Happy birthday, uh, my <laughs> girlfriend!" Like that would make up for it in some capacity. Uh, Twelve strangers wait, wishing her a happy birthday. You made her go to it. I didn't make her go to it. I, oh, you know, she, island. Wow. So, so yeah, I, yeah, I hear you. Terrible. And I've never been a better comic than at that day <laughs> of my life. It's been downhill since. All right, let's go on to our next segment. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's funny if you knew how long we talked about the moment that you just witnessed <laughs> backstage. <laughs> uh, this has got to stop. This is where we talk about something that needs to stop, something big, small, personal, broad. Russell, do you, do you yeah, have Yeah, I have a quick stop? specific one. There's a specific ad that plays before a Pornhub video where, that has got to stop because it is... I don't like, okay, it's a form of a form. It is a form of like, it's, you know, she's diddling and then she's like, she's like, don't, don't touch that skip ad. And she like tells it like she can see you, you know? (laughs) I don't like that. I know that she can't see me, but I don't like that they're making me feel like she can see me. It just makes there's me so, uncomfortable. Like there's a moment in your brain where you are like, oh, what? Oh, oh, like, you know, it's very slight, but I just don't like that it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I don't like that. That's got to stop. I understand the reasoning. It makes me feel more active. I listen more, but I, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah, there's not a lot of good porn ads. It's always, it's no. always too much. Yeah, no. We've talked about the, the, the semen X, yeah. where it has two cups next to each other. And it's like and pouring. It's like a little bit of semen. Oh yeah, I and don't it's get like that what one. a pathetic amount, and then it's like giant over the like, brim. They're like, don't you want? Don't you this? want all and this like, semen? No, yeah, a cup's too worth much. It's too, too much. Too much. I have to move out of my house. It's <laughs> overflowing. You're like, you're like, now you need an ad for a paper yeah. towels to wipe up all the no, semen that's on the counter. It's too much semen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Only yeah. a couple more porn ad ones. It's always porn ads for you. This has got to stop every day. It's some well, new I'm in porn a hotel ad. Room. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll stick with the, the 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 porn vibes. So there's there's a lot of like uh, sponsored people do sponsored posts on Instagram. It's fine. Get your money. But but there's there's like a vibrator company that a lot of people will post. And it's you know it's like you got to get this vibrator, use this code, blah blah blah. But the picture, it's the picture they always do is as if they're they look like glamorous and they have the the thing and they're kind of blushing. They're like, this vibrator is really good. I'm like, you didn't fucking just do it. You didn't just do it and then take this nice photo with the good lighting. Yeah. If, if I want to believe it, like there should be typos in the thing. Like yeah. you're like this. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This vibrator fucking yeah. rocked my oh world. My I can. I can't even finish this post. Yeah. I don't even know what the code is. Figure it out. I want to use it again right now. Yeah. yeah. That's why this has got to stop. If yeah. you're going to advertise the product, fucking, you know. And they don't do it for guys. I've noticed there's no guys doing fleshlight ones. I don't know if maybe they're selling better. Oh, they are. They are? Yeah. yeah. You've got Just some not, offers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah? For, sure. for fleshlights particularly? Mm. Wait, what do you, uh, you you just mean ads for flashlights? No, no, or? no, no. I mean like like uh, a, a sponsored, sponsored post. Like like you you've seen so many comedians yeah, yeah, particularly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do they ask you like Joel for? Oh no, actually, yeah, not a, not for a flashlight, but I, th- this um, other like uh, like lube company did recently ask me to do that, and I was like down for it. But it, you know, it's now what would your point. angle be? Would it be just like I'd be like oh too slippery, you know? Um, <laughs> the phone, the camera yeah. would be like the shot would be here. <laughs> whoa, whoa, this whoa. was the best yeah. shot I got because yeah. this lube is unbeatable. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have a, this has got to stop? Um, yeah, I guess I wasn't super prepared, um, but I. That's, I that's why do, we went first over here. I can do. I can do one. It's like hyper personal, and it's sort of something that I was thinking about in preparation to do, talk to you on this, because you were talking like uh, the way I was pitching this podcast was that like, oh, it's like some the downside to being famous or what? Oh, is what that what they you? said? That's what that's. Oh, what they said famous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which I, I wonder. Was, I, I wonder if they just said that. Like, listen, if you want to get Joel, you need to lead with. Listen, well, you're super famous. I we was, know this. I was going to take umbrage with the, the, the premise of the podcast because I don't feel that is my situation. Like, I think I'm, like, if uh, I'm in a gay bar, there are maybe a couple people who know who I am. Like, I'm gay famous to a certain degree, but, like, most straight people don't care if I live or die. Um, like, make some... We, we know like, your work. Hoot and holler in this room if you've never heard of me ever or seen me ever before today. Yeah, what I a weird thing to like get applause just yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, I don't know who you are. Yeah, exactly. So like that's the, that's the thing. But I will it. say like in in like gay concentrated spaces because I made a very gay movie and I have am who I am. Like there there are people who know me. But the thing that for me has to stop and the thing that has been really ruined by any amount of success that I've had in this industry is every time I'm at a sex party now, someone will stop to either say like, thank you so much for all of your work in representation, or like be like, I literally, literally was like, over pride was at a, a very modest orgy, and I. What's a, what's a modest orgy? Like, like 30 some guys. Um, 30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, That's my, oh, what a, oh, I didn't know it was a little one. Yeah. <laughs> just, just three rooms? I was literally on the bed, like, fucking a guy, and this guy came and stood next to us and just waited. Um, and he was like, you're that guy. 
And I was like, that guy what? That guy who's fucking your friend? Like, I don't understand, like, what we're supposed to get out of this conversation. But it is, like, the, it is the biggest boner killer in the entire world yeah. is when you're trying to have anonymous sex and somebody is like, I loved you in that NBC pilot that didn't go, you know? Um, <laughs> have they, has it ever happened during sex where they're like, are you going to put this in one of your skits, I bet? Oh, all the time. All that happens the time. all the time. That has got to stop. That I will say, it is like, um, also when I hook up with people, like, I hate it when they tell me they know who I am after we've had sex. Like, it is like the police. If you know who I am, you have to disclose uh, uh, immediately. Because, like, half the time they'll be like, oh, and by the way, I'm a big fan. And I'll be like, I wish you would have told me that because I wouldn't have been such a fucking freak just now, yeah, you know, like you tamp it down. Yeah, I would. I'd be like, I would have more normal sex, you know, and not yeah. so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, audience, anyone got it? This has got to stop, please. People get shy here. I know some of you got complaints. Come on, you have one. Oh. That's yeah, fine. Go for it. I mean, yeah, look, we just my, mine wasn't niche. The common ex- <laughs> <laughs> Ten people in this audience are like, I hate it yeah, when that happens. I've noticed an orgy. What's your this has got to stop? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Colleen yeah. Ballinger. Uh, again, Miranda one of those. Sings. Miranda sings. She, it's, the, the number of, of things she was accused of is, is pretty wide and vast. Yeah. But she, weird with fans. Weird, weird messages. With fans. I, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually go further than what you just said, and I'm going to say YouTube stars need to stop. Um, I don't know what happened to some of these people on YouTube, but they, it is rotted I know what their happened. brains from the inside out. They, this, is, this is a weird, like, almost pro why some gatekeepers are necessary. Because I think when you're a YouTube star, you literally can succeed with no one telling you, like, what's this? Yeah. Why would you do this? And, and you, basically, your, your only gatekeeper is the algorithm. And the algorithm is not looking out for your well-being in the, in the history of time. Like, like Colleen Ball- Ballinger, she basically got trouble with these weird messages, weird, like, grooming, like, uncomfortable. And, like, suddenly people, like, looked at her old videos, and she did uh, Gangnam Style. She did a parody of that song, Gangnam Style, where she's just making the way I tried to she, do with French yeah. earlier. Yeah. You know how that was okay when I she's, did that? Yeah. It's not okay yeah. when it's yeah. Korean. And she's, yeah. she's pulling out the ching chong. She's yeah. pulling out oh, the ching chong. Yeah. Tamagotchi. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it, it was. It was. It was. She also did single ladies in blackface. I want to say. Okay. Some her lawyers claimed that it was uh. the lighting ma- that she was actually doing wicked face, green face, which is still okay, and the lighting because made the, it look yes. like blackface. But I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't good. It's all, and, and on top of it, it's all really bad. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, I, I wow, that's say, a good single, ladies. I wish it was yeah. not blackface, but yeah. the dance moves are on point. You can't, <laughs> it wasn't that. My, my thing is like, I, you know, obviously, let's bring down Colleen Ballinger, Miranda Singh sucks ass, uh, et cetera. But like, there's, there are people that are skating by who are not getting flack, and that is these fucking gay guys that backup danced for her and all of these terrible videos, they are complicit, okay? Um, they are complicit, and they need to be sent to jail as well. Because um, <laughs> they knew. They knew. They knew the gang of style. They said, they this is not going to go great. Um, and then the she did, she basically, her apology, it's truly amazing to, to, to top 
bad apologies, but she did it in a song. Yeah, she did it in a song in the most millennial core way, which is she did it as a ukulele song, like a twee yeah. ukulele song, which is electric chair, you know? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and here's the saddest part of the whole Colleen Ballinger, that if I go on Instagram and I try to go message Colleen Ballinger, if I were to do that, you will see, and this was from a long time ago, Hey, Colleen, I would love to have you have a, as a guest on the Downside <laughs> podcast if you're ever in New York City. <laughs> hey, girl. And then when, the, when the thing happened, when the thing happened 10 months later, I wrote back, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. You know what? Actually, Invitation revoked. Yeah, redacted. Yeah. Um, our final segment. You better count your blessing. You better count your blessing. We got negative. We got pessimistic. Let's. I forgot to think of a blessing. To okay, be honest, I'll go. This is where we say something nice, something sweet. We're thankful for Russell. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be vague and sorry, uh, but I, I I found out this week I'm I'm going to have a new job that I'm very excited about, and I can't say what it is yet, but it's very exciting. And uh, thank you, uh, my manager Tova, uh, John Marco's girlfriend, who uh, been so helpful in this process, and I'm very excited. And you're going to make a great assistant, and I can't <laughs> wait to have you on the team. <laughs> Thank you, Tova. <laughs> it, was, it was an offer. You didn't even have to audition for that shit. Good, good for you. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I don't know. If I'm being honest, being back at JFL the year after is, is very, very cool. And I got to be here longer. And even though I talked some shit about Montreal, I, I, I don't know. I've been feeling a little low on, on New York. And I think it's partly because you guys sent all your fucking smoke to our city. Yeah. I mean, it's really crazy. You yeah. you weren't there. I mean, you you felt. I was there. I was you there were. for Pride. Yeah, I was there for Pride, and it was miserable. I mean, it was it was it's crazy. It, it felt it felt apocalyptic. It felt like you know how I don't know five years ago all the global warming scientists were like, guys, if we don't do something in five years, it's gonna be bad. And now, it's five years later, <laughs> and there's moments where and they go back to the scientists and they go like, hey, what do we do they're now? Like, and they're it's like, too late. It's, it's, it's just here, it's, yeah. and it's just bad now. And now we d- at some Is point we die. This your blessing. We're we're like so Montreal. The food here, <laughs> the food here is Very phenomenal. Good. It Very takes good it takes a little longer, but like I got a smoothie, and and I've never seen this in anywhere in America where they they made the smoothie and then she took it off the the blender, did a taste test with a spoon. And was like, mm, three more blueberries and put them in. Oh. And that kind of care, it shows yeah. and it, it, it tastes. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful to be in Montreal. So thank you for this great festival. Um, since your government is definitely losing money on this festival, for sure. There's no way you're profiting. Um, do you have a blessing? Yeah. I, I mean, mine's sort of lame and easy. and, and um, But um, my blessing is my boyfriend, for sure. I think, like, to have someone who's just so supportive. And, like, I had a, an okay show last night, and I was, like, texting with him, and he sent me a really nice video message to, like, cheer me up. And, like, to have somebody in my corner like that, like, as much as I was saying, like, it's difficult to have the cadence of going up as much as I used to, like, it's also... Uh, it sort of balances out because now I have this like person in my corner who's supporting me, and it's nice. That's very sweet. Yeah, I I had a rough show last night too, and I went to Tova, and she said, "Baby, it's I'm here for work too." <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, Toba's the best. Uh, 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 thank you very much to Joel thank Kim you. Booster for being here. It was an Woo! honor. We were thank so you. lucky to get him. Russell for flying all yes. the way to Montreal. Yes. Thank you to JFL Comedy Pro. This is The Downside. Good day. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With Gianmarco Cerezi.